0: Welcome, everybody. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us today for our session. We are so excited to get things kicked off. Um, This is the next installment of our Leadership Perspective Series in which we get the opportunity to chat with some um, visionary leaders in the data analytics industry. Um, and today will be no exception. So before <laughs> we get that part of the conversation kicked off, I would like to officially thank everybody for joining us today. My name is Kalia Garrido, I head up events and marketing here at Great Data Minds. Uh, a little bit about GDM, if you don't already know us, uh, we have sort of two sides of the house. The first is um, Great Data Minds Innovation Labs, and that is where we do our projects, our data analytics projects, strategic planning, education, and the deployment of critical data projects. Um, Um, That can be done either in-house in our clients' environments or uh, in our newly launched Innovation Lab environment. So we welcome you to check us out at gdminnovationlabs.com if you're looking for more information on that side of the house. And over here today, uh, we're at greatdatamines.com, and this is where we run our community, our conversation, our great events like we have today. So um, please feel free to check us out over there. Uh, a little bit of housekeeping before we really get things kicked off. This is a webinar. I know everybody is familiar with the Zoom webinar. That means that your cameras and microphones are off, but we do encourage communication and conversation as we go. If you are so inspired to ask a question live, you can either raise your hand or make a note of that um, in the chat, and mm-hmm. I can uh, grant those permissions. If you'd like to engage via the Q&A, you can do that, or um, just make use of the chat, and Mr. Mike Lamp is already doing a great job of kicking that off. Um, So we love when people are engaging uh, as we discuss there. Uh, We'll also save a little bit of time at the end of the session for a more formal Q&A. So um, if you wanna save your question until then, you can do that too. We accept questions in all shapes and forms, as you can see. Um, And so today we are very excited to have with us the one and only Laura Merrick. Laura is the Senior Director of eSolutions at the Medical Home Network. Uh, She is an experienced program and product manager with a demonstrated history working in the hospital and healthcare industry. And of course, as always, our interviewer is Mike Lampa. Mike is our very own chief analytics officer here at Great Data Mines. Mike is a true transformation agent. He has been working with enterprises to modernize their analytics programs from the ground up. Um, So thank you both so much for joining us today. We are so excited for this conversation. And uh, Mike, please do take it away.
1: Well, thank you, Kalia. And good morning to you.
0: Good morning.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Laura, how are you?
2: I'm great, good morning or afternoon wherever you are,
1: yeah, right um, seems like yeah, since we've talked
2: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely happy to be here today,
1: yeah well, thank you very much. I'm really, really excited about today's session. Um, so let's just get into it so Laura, could you just give us a little background on who is Laura Merrick? <laughs>
2: Absolutely, Mike. Um, So I I do have a bit of a non-traditional pathway um, that's led me to healthcare technology and care delivery. Um, And, you know, over 20 years ago, I finished college um, in three years with a Bachelor of Fine Arts uh, in dance and started my career as a professional dancer. And my dance background uh, taught me um, about hard work, uh, dedication, discipline, perseverance, creativity, uh, and of course, passion. It's hard to be committed to, um, something, uh, without passion. Um, and while my professional dance journey was over 20 years ago, I really started training seriously when I was 15. Mm -hmm. So lastly, I think the one thing that, that has really led me to where I am today that came from my dance background was the importance of community. There's so much collaboration and teamwork uh, required to pull off a performance. And so all of those things I talked about, sort of dedication, discipline, all of those things have stayed with me and and represented who I am today in my professional career. Um, Now um, sort of leading um, a lot of uh, care delivery transformation through technology and and data interoperability. just a quick, quick story, or, or as I might sort of say in my old hat, you know, a leap across the stage or the risk that I took to change my career um, was, you know sort of what kind of made that building block happen uh, was I was dancing for a company um, and we oftentimes um, would experience, you know a lack of funding and my whole goal and my passion was dancing and performing. Um, mm-hmm. So that meant that, you know, Mike we had to be extremely creative um, and in, in that creativity and in my goal to dance, you know, and we had no money literally getting laid off, but I was still employed. Um, it's a very strange experience dancing, but I had the opportunity to create a program called moving connections hmm. it was, uh, essentially a way that we could get funding to help us perform, but it was designed to help, uh, increase mobility and activity levels of senior citizens. And it really took us inside of, the bricks and mortar of uh, the nursing homes and hospitals. Um, and, and doing that work um, allowed me, um, you know, A, achieve my goals, which is I wanted to get back to dancing on the stage, but it opened up this tour for an experience um, that really making a difference and an impact with patients um, that was happening in care facilities, you know, really is the, is the piece that made me ultimately take that leap um, and that risk to change my
1: career. Mm. Yeah, you took your purpose and your drive for purpose. Right. Yeah, yep. um, you know, it's interesting. I was a, an aspiring musician for many years and we were never funded either. Um, um, and we started a movement. We put a tip cup uh, on stage. Yeah. Didn't yeah. work so well. But <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I love that background and that backdrop. So, yeah. so tell us, Could you share a little bit with us about the Medical Home Network?
2: Right. So so Medical Home Network, it's a nonprofit uh, collaborative um, that has fundamentally changed how care is delivered. Um, So we take a proven model of care that unifies providers, provider and their communities, um, and in these diverse healthcare entities around a common goal to redesign healthcare delivery and transform the way that care is managed and practiced. Um, And, you know, that work kind of tying back to that sense of community really has to start with providers and patients, you know, working together to improve health um, and engaging with various care teams to develop relationships with patients that really extend beyond the four walls of of a primary care practice. And so the work that we're doing is providing the tools and the process to help care teams engage patients um, and help them become accountable members of that team um, in engaging to improve health status. Um, you know, and sort of research shows that patients who who are involved in making um, their healthcare decisions tend to be healthier and have better outcomes. So, kind of around the work specifically that we're doing. Um, you know, it. This takes. It's not just you know the pillar of or a building block around you know healthcare and or um, technology and data. It really um, begins with you know governance and 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 engagement with. Providers, um, mm-hmm. model of care, workforce development, and then of course technology, um, data, value-based incentives, and I think the success of medical home network um, over the years has really not just been one of those things, but it is it is the the what I'll call the building blocks and how we weave those together in the aggregate to really drive system transformation, mm-hmm. um, how they they collaboratively work together. Um, just very quickly, I was a third hire of this organization, and that was nearly 12 years ago. Um, and um, you know, we um, this mission that we have um, in in terms of uh, changing care, you know, really started uh, grassroots on the south and southwest side of Chicago. And now the work that we were doing is 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 you know meant to be national and really expanding outside of of where we started. Um, so it's it's pretty kind of cool story that um, I, you know, have been able to to follow the journey and the growth of an organization um, that, you know, started as this provider collaborative, um, you know, literally, I mean, I was there back in the day when we were knocking on the doors and um, pulling in CEOs and saying, please just, you know, check your institutional identity at the door, sit around this table, collaborate, all of our same patients, we have to work together. Um, so there's a lot of stories I have around where we began and where we are today, which is um, pretty phenomenal. So,
1: yeah, gosh, I remember we have, when we first started working, you know, it's been two years, a little yeah. bit over two years now. Um, I remember, and, and during that time frame, both Julie Burrows, my uh, business partner and I were going through, you know, the, the elderly parents that were in assisted living and, and all the. Nuances that come around there, and they get to the ER, and then they come back to the care the assisted living facility. Meds were never shared or exchanged; like the whole medical cocktail got changed, and they would bounce, and it was it was horrible. And I remember so vividly how the, the goosebumps I got when I really understood the purpose you were driving on behalf of the Medical Home Network. I was like, man we want to get behind this thing because this is going to change. This is going to change health care for the better, for the people that really are dis- disenfranchised. Yeah. And a great I degree.
2: mean, I think you hit it right on there, which, you know, when we started the work with Great Data Mines, you know, just sort of the project kind of, um, you know, I had to reflect on um, what, what is the Problem. So if, if I can for a second just sort of narrow in on what what that problem looked like when I started and what it continued how it continued to evolve um, with the work that we're doing, uh, particularly with great data mines, is you know about. I mean, I remember in the early days um, at Medical Home Network, um, I had to have you know you would these providers would have this firsthand experience where on a daily basis you know, they were, these patients were coming to them. And and when I first started the work, these clinics were not on electronic medical records. So I'm saying mm-hmm. records are on pa- pen and paper and record and file. And so you can imagine like today I'm sitting here talking to you about this interoperability. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm, I'm able to use fancy words now, but back then it really <laughs> was, you know, if a patient ended up in the emergency department, how was their assigned primary care physician to understand? How were they communicating in a timely manner to make an impact? Um, so, I think what kind of led the work, particularly with, where, where I um, am extremely passionate about and where kind of you came in, was listen, we knew we had this ma- large mountain to climb to solve a problem um, and that a total transformation needed to happen. Um, and, you know, we, we needed to be able to. Um, to, to really think about right data, right time, right place mm-hmm. uh, and really understand not the technology problems that I needed to solve. I mean, certainly technology, you know, is not the barrier, but what were the providers experience um, about that you know that we needed to to address? Um, mm-hmm. And, and uh, really allowing the work to be led from those physicians trying to get this information um, in a promptly manner. Um, so and kind of use it's these real world experiences, you know, around the provider experience. Um, that that I think brings the innovation to life. It, what you just shared with me, uh, Mike, about you know following your your the caregiving experience because you are a part of the care team, trying to figure out what's going on with your family. I mean that that's real world experiences that are bringing that innovation to life. Um, and so over the years, Medical Home Network has responded to many of these problems, um, and you know on connectivity and care management. Um, and really focused on enabling um, providers to, to really, you know kind of go back to it, practicing outside of the walls in the community. Um, and so those are the experiences that continue to matter to MHN. Um, mm-hmm. and when we started to engage with you was at the point, that pivot period where we decided to stop just chipping at the edges um, and really solve a fundamental problem.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, that vision became reimagining the provider experience um, and trying to, to, to tackle a little bit more than um, we had been used to. Um, and the strategy that I remember you bringing forward to me was, hey, you've got these great ideas, let's start simple. And I said, yes, and thus the MVP was born. <laughs> So I sort of feel like that was kind of the journey where you kind of came along and, and helped us really understand to to apply these strategies to solve the right problem um, mm-hmm. that allowed us to get, that gave us the flexibility to ad- adjust our foundation as we went through the process. So.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh, I remember that so much. And, and yeah. I remember us talking too, it was like, okay, we're building a product here and yeah. we're going to incrementally build up upon it. Um yeah. What a great journey it has been! Oh my goodness. So, yeah. so, um, so help me understand. Help the audience understand a little bit. Some of the fundamental componentry or your building blocks behind this interoperability product.
2: Yeah. So I think the best way to start is really understand um, the, the 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 entirety of the ecosystem. Um, mm-hmm. So. Um, We work with a lot of um, federally qualified health centers um, and they, uh, as well as large hospital systems, and they are all on, you know, disparate electronic medical record systems. Um, And in order to, you know, empower our care model, um, we do take in disparate sources of data um, that shape um, the 360 degree view of the patient. So this is information um, that really is occurring outside of what they know about in their practice. So how do I understand the patient's journey across the healthcare ecosystem so that when I am engaging with that patient, I am able to understand um, at the point of care how best I can connect and engage, whether it's a social determinant of health or a medical issue, to really understand what's happening with the patient. There's a lot of information um, and we wanted to focus on an experience where we could get um, the the data organized um, in a snapshot um, and then made sure that it was delivered to the provider um, within their native system, which is the EMR um so understanding that we've got you know everybody on different system, that's the, that's reality and mm-hmm. we have a lot of data and we want to organize it because i think the experience is often we we're dealing with providers who when when they're in their emrs you know they they're sifting through information trying to find something they got 15 minutes with the patient they don't know what's happening over here they don't have time to look for it Um, And and it was important for us to to create this way to view information. And so we created what we call the patient baseball card. So it's the image Mm -hmm. baseball card where we put together um, all of that disparate information. We also apply analytics to that information so that um, that 360 view um, is viewed with with a snapshot and it's dynamic and it's accessible within uh, to the most relevant information accessible in their systems. Um, so that's a little bit about the what the, the information is. The, the critical factor of that information, we do have a care management platform um, where um, within the MHN model of care, which is decentralized. And what that means is we take, um, we believe that the care is best delivered at the practice site. So we're not employing care teams where we're engaging with the care teams at the practice site and enabling them through technology to deliver the care at the practice. Um, that way they can build those relationships with the patients that are, you know, and that's really, really kind of what that means. Um, so all the care is delivered at the practice site and that baseball card and all of the activities that they're doing around care management um, is uh, serviced by clinical RNs, um, so licensed, but also some unlicensed community health workers, um, as well as you know, uh, care coordinators. And they're using our platform to really understand how to prioritize their risk and engage with the members. So that's within their systems. But the layer and the reality is the record of care with, for the providers is that electronic medical record. And so while we were solving connectivity and care management, you know, there are these other issues, which is, you know, data wasn't necessarily getting to the doctor or the physician that had that time. And we wanted to make sure that we were fully um, providing that information in the EMR to support those communication, that conversation between a care team and a provider naturally and synergistically um, through the data and through the technology within the EMR.
1: And I recall too, a key objective they had, you know, back on the technology side for just a second, yeah. uh, a key objective and core foundation principle that you told us we had to adopt as part of this, this interoperability product um, was adopting the uh, Fath Health Information Resources standard or Fire. Fire, yeah.
2: correct. Yeah. Fath Health Interoperability Resources,
1: right? Yeah. And um, um, at that time, Um, Talk talk to us a little bit about about how we chose um, the enabling platform.
2: Yeah, so a couple of things that were important to MHN um, were sort of what are our core technology, you know, capability goals was, um, remember I said we're on, I, I wanted to deliver this to different entities, different systems. Um, and really think about how do I enable that provider experience. So, I wanted to lead with that um, and scale this. I, you know, we really wanted to reach all providers and make it accessible to everybody, regardless of wow. their information technology capabilities, their resources. I know a lot of these clinics don't have IT staff, don't have those re- data resources. So, so it's really important that we did something that was really simple and seamless to them. So technology goals that were important to MHN in, in doing this um, were, you know, API led connectivity. Uh, we wanted to open the door to connect to all the disparate systems and multiple data sources. Um, we also, you know, you brought up those fire standards. We wanted to be able to convert ourselves to these open standards to be more flexible and functional. Um, and the fire standard sort of, you know, brings healthcare interoperability to the present, um, and really um, kind of allowed us to, to be, you know, more flexible with the standards, and also continue to adhere to um, some standards that were um, that CMS had had established in terms of how we can share information. So this common language was important for us to help bring our providers along wherever they were. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing that was important was a multi-cloud environment, serverless infrastructure. We wanted the right cloud for the right application. um, And we wanted to take, you know, we wanted to go and take advantage of the strengths of every cloud, um, you know, while reducing our, our, our server footprint. And I think the other thing that I will say come with healthcare is that we wanted to increase our cybersecurity posture and implement industry best practices. We really sort of. Um, we had all these things in mind in doing this. And so I think when um when we got to the point of really understanding what those goals were, um, and we partnered with great data minds to really allow us to go on that journey and to guide us through that journey. Um, and so I think the the technology, what we landed on, and I'll tell the fire story is really kind of interesting of what mm-hmm. of, of the reality of what really happened, but um <laughs> At any rate, um, when kind of going to the API and the infrastructure where we ended up sort of building, um, we ended up going with Google um, and leveraging their healthcare APIs um, for a number of reasons. One, um, we needed to move fast um, and we wanted to be able to um, achieve our goals. Listen, I was leading with that experience. I was leading with technology components. I wanted to set the right foundation and in order to do that, I needed something that was ready to give us the insights that we needed and the visibility into what was happening. Um, um, and and that's kind of what we got right away from 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 Google. Those APIs were were designed to do what we needed to do right now, um, and so we took advantage and jumped into that.
1: Yep, yep. And I do remember. You know, let's talk a little bit about your your notion on the reality as it's set in. I remember us. Yeah. <laughs> Remember us marching along, and we got to that end point And then what happened?
2: Yeah. Right? So, so ends up that while the industry is is uh, is advancing in ways that um, I'm extremely passionate about and excited about um, to drive those sort of fire standards in that exchange, um, that is really kind of around a lot of the outbound data to make sure it's accessible. So coming out of a system, um, we can drive um, you know, a fire, fire objects or components that allow us to access that information in a more timely manner, uh, much like HL7, but um, kind of the next level, right? Mm-hmm. Out of the system. I wanted to push data into the system, not so that I could disrupt these workflows, but that so, you know, again, we're adding value on top of information that is not otherwise available in the EMR. Ends up, most of the EMRs today can't accept the fire objects coming into the system in the way that we were trying to organize it. So um, we pivoted, but in a great way. The way that we pivoted is we started to, um, first we made sure that we're converting all of our data. We built the Firestore and we continue to maintain that, follow the standards and increase that. The way that we're delivering the data though um, in the endpoints in the current work um, is not through Fire, but through these open APIs where we can um, deliver the data, how the provider and how the EMR can consume it. So our pivot was, I think that we had this I, vision, um, but we learned more and more about about where everybody was at. Um, it was, and and that meant that we needed to have um, creativity. Going back to my roots, around mm. well, I'm. We're going to deliver this, and this we can. This certainly, absolutely. You know, possible. So we maintain the flexibility of the functional standards. We do convert all the data all of the time to that, and we have that Firestore available. But that's not where everybody is right now, and so we didn't let that stop us. And we found a way to um, work with all these disparate systems and different mechanisms. So that in point delivery um, is is unique to where that EMR is and on what version they are, because not one system is the same system. So even mm-hmm. if the same vendor, so.
1: Yeah, yep, yeah, yeah, and I do remember the uh, the the manifestation of that creativity. I mean, we still delivered things through an API-based endpoint. Yeah. But the, but the thing we delivered was yeah. not updating data elements in the EO- EMR.
2: Mm-hmm. Right, right, and I think that um, you know one of the things I want to emphasize in the journey of interoperability um, that I think you know great data mines and the partnership that we had with MHN and Google was emphasizing that, you know, this truly is a journey and and while there's going to be an end to the project and I'm going to go live and all this is happening, there's really not a start and end um, on the journey. Meaning Mm -hmm. that, you know, this wasn't what I learned very quickly to to kind of elevate the work we were doing was this is not a race that begins one day and ends another day, but it's rather a continuous cycle of improvement. And we've been able to evolve over time. Um, And that's really kind of the MHN way where we have been able to, you know, since going live, um, you know, we started with, you know, we started with one, we were successful, we scaled, we're now live with 13 organizations, disparate systems, and we're actually scaling um, to our other markets, this kind of, this work. But um, I think, you know, this continuous evolvement has continued to happen even from the start where we're adding more data, we're um, continuing to align with, um, you know, am I pushing, am I pulling? How, you know, how is it happening? So there's, it's constantly, evolving um Mm -hmm. Um, so i think you know collectively you know i'm always about you know better provider experiences improved patient outcomes and and so collectively i think the focus for mhn for our providers for all of the technology that we've used the way that we've brought everybody along is we're all collectively reaching that north star and so i think that has really driven um, results very quickly and improved how we advance care delivery so
1: yeah 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 and then going back to, your, to you know on top of the creativity you talked about community and and I remember the incredible amount of time um, yeah. you and your team put in making sure that the care providers were very very actively engaged because that was going to be the key to adoption oh. um, yeah right because in the healthcare industry I mean that categorically, healthcare industry is in its nascent stages of really adopting technology. Um, and I, my my sense is, you know, from some of my experiences before working with Jen, is there's there's not a lot of trust in the digital data, categorically this is. And some of the early attempts was having the care provider... Interacting with the laptop instead of interacting with the patient in yeah. front of them. And, yeah.
2: yeah, and I think um, you know I'm glad that you brought the the community aspect up because I think that's what um, has really been uh, a very very big part about our ability to to kind of go back to the mission, which is really healthier building healthier communities. Um, mm-hmm providers and the patient relationships um, you know and and being able to see the information are in a timely manner you know enable that right and so we want to lose sight of just delivering information that was just going to fall into you know information overload or disrupting you know we really were about transforming and in order to do that we you know We led with, when I say lead with the provider experience, I mean, I'm really, what I'm really saying is like, what's the workflow? How are you gonna click this button and when, and really understanding when a provider is inside the EMR and looking at all of this information, what do they need to know right now and how can they get to that without, you know, so, so that's the kind of thing I was talking about is that we really, brought them along. They were a part of the process to make sure that it was adopted. Um, and I think they really appreciated that voice because we were focused on right information to the right place at the right time. And that, mm-hmm. that really drove a really strong adoption that they were a part of what this needed to be to serve as their ability to engage patients. So,
1: mm-hmm. And and this this end-to-end end interoperability um, is, is it novel? Um, or was it at least novel when we first were able to implement it?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, a lot of times, you know, interoperability means different things to different people, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I, I actually try to when I'm working with providers, and I don't even use the word interoperability. It's about what is your problem that I need to solve. And the problem that we were solving was I don't have access to this information in the place that I need it. That's what mm-hmm. was. So being able to scale that um, I think was um. Really exciting because everybody benefited. It didn't matter if they were on whatever version of an EMR or maybe not as sophisticated as a large hospital system. Everybody was really going to benefit. So I think that was kind of the the, the piece that was um, very very powerful um, and continued to open up other doors. Um, you know, you know, we we talk a lot a lot of data, but you know we need the data to be one of the things that I I think also was was important around the baseball card was this was actionable and readable. And so it wasn't about, I didn't, this wasn't targeting somebody who needed to understand how to look at the data. They needed to understand how to care for the patient Mm -hmm. at that time. And so that was about like, we needed them to know that their patient, you know, has been in the hospital, uh, you know, uh, 15 different times across three weeks across 10 different hospitals. Like, uh, I'm making this up, but what I'm mm-hmm. saying that, you know, or, or who to talk to, it, it was about, I would say the three things that this, you know, did, was it opened up the continual door, which we'd been working on in a different way to um, connect, communicate and collaborate, mm-hmm. so.
1: Yeah. uh, that story and I really do love love the whole baseball card concept I mean it's a snapshot of critical statistics right now right yeah and point points you to the action that um, needs to be taken I just love that right right Um, so that's a pretty healthy journey you've been on so what what uh, keeps you up at night
2: um No, I would say it's the, <laughs> that's a good one. What does keep my kids? Um, you no, know, things that um, I would say the things out of my control. Um, I focus on the work. Um, I love what I'm doing. Um, MHN is doing great things, and that's extremely energizing. And there are things that we are doing that are out of my control as well. Um, and so I think you know, if I think about what that is, you know, was the adoption strong enough, you know, mm-hmm. I reach everybody the way we needed to, am I making an impact, um, you know, I can't control a lot of things that happen, you know, and things break, but I would say, um, that's what keeps me out of night, the things out yeah. of my, control, don't they all, I mean, you know, it could be a million things, but, um, but I would say that that's constantly top of mind. Um, you know, just really making sure that we're, you know, doing everything we can. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think ensuring adoption for technology, you know, brings equity. You know, not everybody has the opportunity to experience technology how I do every day. Did mm-hmm. I do? Um, for providers and patients alike, so kind of
1: understanding that. Yeah, yeah well, even you know, in the data analytics industry, we, we do a lot of uh, c- continual uh, digestion of research that comes out, and the staggering uh, numbers that are out there is like less than 21% of data products and analytic products that are delivered to the community are ever even adopted. They're just they're just sitting there dormant, right? and yeah. um, and that is that's. That, it's um, unnerving as a, as a you know, practitioner, you're know, worrying about that last mile. How do I make sure that last mile really yeah. happens? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you have a young family, you got okay. a passion. I said, you have a young family. You have a passion <laughs> for dance. You stay up late at night wondering about the last mile. <sighs> How do you keep the balance?
2: Focus on the work, Uh, you know, (laughs) I I think it goes back to kind of the roots I was talking about in the beginning, you know, I, um, you know, I was able to, to really find, you know, the things that, you know, if I go back to the beginning where I started, if, if you were here in the beginning was, you know, the, that dance background, hard work, dedication, discipline, perseverance, creativity, and passion, I mean, that's my mantra. I am not going to stay at somewhere as long as I have, unless I'm, I'm passionate about it. And I think, um, you know, MHN is doing great work, and, and it's it's truly energizing. Um, sure, you know, trust me, I have had many lessons learned. It has been a journey of, you know, ups and downs as it is with any industry, any work, um, but I think I love the work, um, and, um, you know, it's um, it's, you know, it's hard to let that go when um, we're continuing to actually make an impact. And I think one of the things that's great about MHN is I see the impact. I -hmm. I, I am close to the impact. I am understanding the impact, I am getting it. And I'm taking what I'm learning from those experiences and putting that back into what more can we be doing around data exchange and and integration. Um, That's led to, you know, I think, just kind of a little bit more about sort of the way MHN has been operating and in our growth is, you know, we've been for two years in a row, you know, voted best places to work. Um, I've been taken care of, we, there, it's a phenomenal organization um, and uh, really, you know, while we're focused on our communities and serving and improving our communities, they're also focused on in, in, in improving our abilities to experience the the things that I'm sharing with you today and the opportunities um, to, to innovate, you um, um, fail fast, you know, and, and get back up. I certainly, you know, learned all those lessons dancing. Um, you know, you just get right back up.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you definitely, you, you embody your entire team embodies a lot of the core principles of, of, of a lean approach to building yeah. product. Yeah.
2: On the, on the baseball card product. Um, one of the things that's really been exciting is um, uh, I would say we, we did, um There was an article around the work we did in EHR intelligence. So um, I can, you should check it out. Um, I think it's also on our website. Um, And then uh, I have a fearless leader. Um, Our CEO, you know, has um, uh, also um, through health leaders had a lot of different interviews on the work that we're doing, Um, you know, because I, while this is just one piece of of a project, you know, there's many more things that we're doing across the industry uh, to service, Patients in a more organized way. Um, With the baseball card, I was just recently learned um, we did um, uh, receive a digital health award. Um, So for our ability to uh, reach um, different providers with um, this sort of integrated, you know, model to collectively serve um, several different um, clinically um, integrated networks. So, Mm yeah, kind of a
1: you know. I'm thinking two things, testimony to the open, you know, the, the quest for being open, yeah, uh, and leveraging the open standards so that we can um, very quickly um, flex. And then the you, you mentioned scale several times, right? Yeah. Um you recently I mean, you mentioned also we started out with a network that was supporting uh South Chicago, Southwest Chicago area, right? Um and um, since then, uh, tell us a little bit, uh, have you expanded out to other parts of the country?
2: Yes, yes, absolutely. So um, we um, are now servicing um, uh, the state of Ohio, the state of Missouri, um, and uh, we are also um, now moving into Oklahoma, California, Um uh we've done work in north carolina uh and indiana michigan i'm, I'm like you you caught me i was like wait ah. so going. um it's pretty significant um our service you know again is really around um impair- empowering the care model the model of care need in- with the technology enablement to service um medicare And Medicaid recipients um, at these uh, very uh, various practiced um, primary care practice facilities and associations. So, pretty pretty phenomenal to um, be able to take um, um, our proven value and and model and and replicate that um, for others that really need it. So, Mm
1: -hmm. Um, leveraging cloud, um, we we are so fully. Passionate about, please, please stop trying to provision on-premise applications. Right, yeah. um, um, but that comes with you know, it's very easy to migrate to cloud. I'm going to say that it's very easy to start leveraging cloud services and getting value out of them, but there is a need to keep a watchful eye on the performance of the the platform um, as using a leading indicator if you see a spike in your cloud costs.
2: Right, yeah. So the, I'm, gra- I'm glad you brought that up. Um, when we started, um, I really didn't know a ton. And um, what we were able to do is um, very quickly talk about pivoting how you're doing things. We actually were able to work with the technical teams, Great Data Minds too. Um, make sure we were um, using the, the you know, first of all, we were leveraging BigQuery to understand what was happening <clears throat> and the volume we were generating and how that was flowing um, and really customize the ability to see that activity. And then where we saw, uh, you know, then we were able to partner to see opportunities to improve, you know, how we were managing or leaving the lights on and when we were or where we weren't. And I think, you know, to be honest with you, we got our, we pivoted um, how we were processing and flowing information because we have large data in our warehouse kind of connecting to this system. Um, And I Mike, I mean, don't quote me, but I think we're down to like a hundred dollars a month. So we've, that's been something that's been really powerful is to to have the, the the tools to to see and actually make a change and and prepare for um, scale and and replicating this cost nationally, um, which is mm-hmm. what our passion is. So
1: yeah, yeah, I was quite surprised you know, when we, we monitor your costs. I was like, oh my gosh, do you know how much this is costing you a day? Yeah. <laughs> you know?
2: yeah, exactly. It's like yeah. it's
1: like three dollars. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, um, we do have one question. I know myself, I'm not going to be able to answer because I haven't played with the technology yet, but uh, Rod Jones, who is a dear friend of mine and he's in this space very deeply as well and very passionate man when it comes to improving healthcare through analytics and, and proper use of data. His question is, what's your opinion on the approach to use blockchain to solve interoperability?
2: Oh, that's a good one. Um, that, so I... First, I will caveat, uh, I think you said Rod. Hi, Rod. Not, mm-hmm. I am not the expert on blockchain, rather more around seeing the big picture of how these healthcare uh, organizations, um, you know, take the key challenges of interoperability um, based on maturity levels when it comes to their data and their, their governance and use of the standards. So I think um, with blockchain, you know, I think... The breakdown, you know, first I haven't really heard of um, too many. I think there's a lot of that down um, that path. I think the 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 sensitivity um, that I hear in the industry and the work that I'm doing um, is is it's not easily adopted because there's different transactional approvals and different people and different users that my understanding, at least my my minimal understanding about it is that while it does address current challenges on syncing and understanding um, patient data sort of multiples and these different pieces to kind of link all these things together, I think the framework in terms of managing the identity across the ecosystem is hard to get um, sort of adopted. So it's gonna break down these barriers, but how is it that we can implement it for the EHRs so that that is a part of their kind of content approach. So I don't know that the adoption has been wide. However, I will say I've been following it. I think the technology continues to evolve and I think it has an opportunity for long-term impact in healthcare. um, If we can figure out some solutions to really reach the market and to reach, um, take those capabilities to enhance, um, you know, data sharing um, and, you know, while also kind of thinking through privacy and security, so right. um, i I certainly think that what I would love is greater adoption. Um, but I think it's really figuring out um, how how can we get patients, you know, fully in control of their health records? So to me, it's really getting from, you know I've talked a lot about provider to provider. Um, and I think this is really becomes provider to patient or patient to patient, peer to peer to really embrace their own records. So I think there's a space for it. And I think it certainly has evolved.
1: Mm-hmm. Rod, awesome. that
2: sense. I don't know if that gives you a good answer, but that's the way I think about it.
1: <laughs> well, I'm thinking we're, I'm going to have to connect you and Rod up. Okay. <laughs> uh, two colleagues with uh, same level of tenacity and passion. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Hi. Thank you, Rod. So Laura, if you were to give us some parting thoughts, you know, closing closing items, calls to action, what would that be?
2: Um, you know, I mean, I think I've talked a lot about this sense of of community and and sort of that brings you know how do we bring you know equity into the way that we look at innovation and, and technology and I think um, sort of our my sort of guiding principle or or thoughts you know is that you know it doesn't I can have the greatest technology idea, but um, you know, going back to the root of you know, just understand the problem you're solving. Start small and and prove that value. Bring along those that need to engage as part of the process. Um, you know, I feel like um, we've been really able to, in in particularly in my career, been able to to be a part of tra- care tra- care delivery transformation. And I acknowledge that that is not just about technology. Um, that really requires you know the the partnerships. It requires that we're thinking through, you know not just that one building block, but all of the building blocks and how they work together. and that's really what is driving the system transformation in healthcare. Um, I sometimes wish our industry was further along. Um, but I'm so, it's very, very rewarding to see the changes that we've had in, and the partnerships um, that we've been able to forge to really accelerate development and to accelerate mm-hmm. those things. So a long way of saying just, um, you know, keep it going,
1: keep the eye on the prize. Eh? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah,
2: I think community, community collaboration, um, top of mind for me, and, um, you know, passionate
1: about what I do so yeah yeah well if I may you know on behalf of everyone at uh, great data Mindset, that has worked with you you are an incredible servant leader you are so inspiring and you're a, an amazing partner uh, the way we have worked together over the past two years I'm so very grateful and honored that uh, that we got to work together and that we met as people <laughs> and I want to I want to see you dance someday
2: oh okay <laughs> wow <laughs> A while but um no thank you for the opportunity it's been a f- phenomenal um partnership and um i can't wait to do more um and learn more from everybody here today so um thank you so much appreciate
1: thank it thank you thank you so much You're beautiful
0: this is Ted. awesome thank you so much Laura. so appreciate your time today i'm taking it that you have a mantra I didn't know that. That's amazing. Do you feel do you feel that that's a helpful thing that you can kind of go back on when you need to be reminded about what your core values are?
2: Oh, yeah. Knock your socks off every day.
0: Love it. <laughs> Knock your socks off every day. Yeah. Love it. Awesome. Well, this is great. Yeah. yeah.
2: Thank you so much. Um, I appreciate it. Bye, Caleb. Bye. Great day to
0: mine. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you Bye-bye. so much, everybody. Have a great day.
2: Bye-bye.